welcome back to Madness in the Method, the greatest Nicolas Cage podcast on the internet. Why it's the greatest, I'm not sure, because I haven't listened to the ones, but I just know it in my heart that this is the best one. Uh, my name is Tobias, and with me, as always, is my uh, friend and trusted co-host, Christopher. Hello, everyone. Hello. And today, we're not going to talk about a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> sort of. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. he's in it, but not as much as I remember. Um, we're, and I think this is my fault. I think I, I said, no, we have, to, we have to talk about this as well, when we were, like, picking and choosing. So I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, today we're talking about the 2009 action comedy, Kick-Ass, starring uh, Aaron Taylor-Johnson. Or is, is it just Aaron Johnson at this point? I'm not sure. Um, and Christopher Mintz-Plas, Mark Strong, um, the girl, so Chloe Grace Moretz, and also, of course, for a little while, uh, Nicolas Cage, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking when was the last time he was I'm looking over the list when was the last time he was not the main character it's been a while uh yeah um, like moonstruck maybe nah he, well yeah i guess he's not really technically a um a main character there but he is the main love interest so to speak yeah yeah, yeah but he's he's not the, the he's not the main character no um, no that's true um, cuz there's a lot of more scenes with its share, right? Yes. Yeah, a lot oh. more scenes with her than Nicolas Cage. So. I just remember that's a great movie. You gotta rewatch it. Mm. Um, Maybe Wind Talkers. Wind Talkers? Yeah. No, he is the main character there. It's just that there's See? a bit of a. It's kind of an ensemble cast. No, All wait. Right. Wind Talkers. Does he yeah, die in that one? Who- uh, I don't. I barely remember that movie. Yeah, I don't really but remember. But the only maybe. scenes I remember is the ones he was not in. So no, okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Um, we were briefly Deadfall. 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 That's true. He kind of disappears before like the halfway mark. Yeah. Um. So I guess that one. And I guess Kiss of Death too. Maybe. Yeah. No. He's the. He's the. But he's the main bad guy, sort of. Yeah. So he has like well, a starring role. Anyway, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, we. It's been a while. We briefly discussed uh, discussed the Rumblefish. I guess that's the last one where he wasn't really the main character, and that was in um, 1983. So. Yeah. Well, we did discuss that. So if 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 we're gonna go way back, I mean, the boy in blue is not the main character in that one. No, racing with yes, the moon. Yes, he is. I'm t- uh, racing oh. with the moon. I mean. Re- yes, that's true. That's that's where he's like a yeah he's a. Yeah. Uh, uh, a second character, uh, a B yeah. character, as it's called in Swedish. Yeah, and um, I mean, we're not gonna go through everyone. <laughs> uh, but, like, <laughs> no, but I, I, I agree. Like, because uh, all the all these movies we brought up now, he still has like a, uh, like an important, like commanding part in the movie, and yeah, here he's... he 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 does as well, but he's not like a driving force in any way. I mean, he is. <sighs> He's driving know. force for the. He's more driving for the plot than the character. Yes. Yeah. He sort of puts, in a way, not that it, that kind of movie, but he puts the team together, sort of role. Yeah. Uh, he's 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 the the driving force of the characters meeting and working together, but he's not one of the main guys. No, exactly. Yeah. And out of all the 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 main characters, he's the only one to die, I guess, except for yeah. the villain. 
but you know the Venom style is true. But you said you said you said it was your fault that it wasn't real Nicolas Cage movie. It's still I gotta say though I'm happy it's here. Uh, I I like it. Uh yeah, I sort of like it. <laughs> okay, so when did you you saw it when it came out? As, yes, just as I did, right? Yes. Uh, what did you think then? Back then, I thought it was really cool. You know what? I thought yeah. it was kick ass. Ha ha ha. <laughs> um, yeah, because this this came out sort of just when superhero movies or the MCU started up. Yeah, the year after uh, Iron Man. Yeah, uh, and it was. It, I don't know, but I I remember it as it that it was like a a, a fresh voice in superhero movies, but there weren't that many. Uh, so I don't know. No, it was the it was the first time that superheroes, at least in a mainstream way, it felt like the first time that superheroes were kind of um, dealt with like in sort of a an ironic way, like almost yeah. making fun of the superhero genre. I mean, sure, yeah. you had like Mystery Men before that, but nobody nobody remembers Mystery Men. <laughs> That's a thing. Um, and that was a more classic comedy. That wasn't. That too, yeah. It's more of a comedy, yeah. This yeah. one, this one uh, fit in with the rest of the superhero genre. Yeah, and uh, so you enjoyed it back then. And what did you think before you went into it? Now, did you think you would still enjoy it as much? No, because I have revisited it, and it's been a long mm-hmm. time ago. But I have watched it since two thousand nine. Um, of course, around two thousand and thirteen, when the sequel came out, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I, it's not so much a problem with the movie, even though, uh, or the 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 um, the subject matter, whatever you want to call it, like the, the point of the movie, even that. Uh, it's 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 more. It's it's honestly more. I have a problem with the director. I okay. I, I think it's Matthew Vaughn who made uh, the Kingsman movies and uh, yeah. X Men First Class and some other stuff. He's a, he's a competent director. There's just something about him, and it kind of colors his movies a little bit that I can't stand. I don't know what it is. He feels like oh, so, a, so you're like him as a person, like in interviews and things. Partly that, but it's also like the 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 choices he makes for his characters uh, in his scripts because he usually writes the movies he makes, or at least he's involved yeah. in the script writing. There's this like nonchalant, like I'm better than you. Uh, um, attitude, which, you know, I, I usually don't mind that, but it's something about him, like, I, I get this, like, nah, fuck that guy feeling. I don't know why. <laughs> Alright. No, I, I, I can't say I... Uh, and I don't agree, and I don't really fully understand what you're talking about. But <laughs> Me neither. <sure. laughs> that's, why, that's why I'm saying that it's a, it's a little biased. So I can't really so, fault the movie yeah. for that. So you did go into it thinking it would you would think less of it than the first time, and from earlier, you it sounds like you did. Uh, did you think it was a good movie? It is. A, it is a good movie, but and this is this is um, because of uh, uh, movies we got after this. So this this didn't really. It wasn't a problem back then. It's more of a problem now. It's this um, uh, this critique. Because I'm not, and it's weird again. Because I'm gonna kind of uh, defend superhero movies, even though I'm not a fan of superhero movies. 
Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I didn't think that this is gonna. Yeah, but this, okay. is, this is my big problem with because basically it's um it's it's like the show The Boys. Have you seen The Boys? Uh, I've saw the first two seasons. I haven't yeah. seen the third one. Yet. Yeah, me neither. Um, I like that show, it's, but I have the same yeah. problem with that one. Um, and it is that they are critiquing, uh, like, like the the crit- the critique is like superheroes are insane, and like that should never be something to aspire to. Um, and point pointing out the you know yeah the the. Uh, they're all like sociopaths or, or psychopaths or just, just, just there's something wrong with people who go into superheroing or vigilantism, and I'm like, yeah, of course, if that would ever happen in real life, but it never has because you know because of that, like you would be you'd have to be a crazy person, and crazy persons aren't you know they they, they go about it other ways, so they're like. Critique, critique the real life aspect of superheroes makes no sense because they don't exist in real life. If you know what I mean. So it's like I hear you're saying, but I don't really understand the problem. But it's like what? What is, is the problem that it's fiction? No, no. But they're like, <laughs> like they're, they're like saying like, oh yeah, like if this, like this is if this happened in real, how can I say it? Um. It's like they're they're pointing at a real. Pr- it's like they're pointing at a real problem, but that real problem doesn't exist because we don't have vigilantes in real life. At least not in that way. And even if we I, have, there's very few of them. All right. So I don't uh, see, I don't I, see I, the point of pointing it out that superheroes are like, crazy. Like what's but the it's point? Like every, everything else in these in this, it's like critique of the genre. It's it's like scream. But it's not. It's really, like saying. It's like, oh, Scream is criticizing serial killers, but serial killers don't have crazy masks. That's stupid. It's, what? Uh, uh, but serial killers exist in real life. And they're not... They're, they're, I, don't think, I, I don't think that Kick-Ass and The Boys are really uh, cr- criticizing the genre. They're criticizing the characters specifically, like the actual superheroes. I, I, I don't agree at all. I, okay. It's criticizing the genre. It's, it's very clearly criticizing that the way we see superhero movies, the way superheroes act in movies is very unrealistic. And if we put that in a, in a more realistic setting, you see how it couldn't work. Uh, it's... Yeah, but we know it. Uh, I mean, yeah, okay. Maybe it's, maybe it's just me. Like, I, I'm... Because I, I, I never thought it would work in real life. That's why it's in movies. That would be like, yeah, but it, that would be like it, it, criticizing it's, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger for killing so many people in Total Recall. Like, no, it's awesome. Because it's a movie. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, but I... I don't care that Spider-Man kicks a bunch of people in the head. Because it's a movie. If it did in real life, yes, then I would understand it. But I don't know. I, I think it's okay to... Idolize superheroes because it's fake. It's not real. It's okay. Yeah, but it's 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 not. I think I think what you're trying to say, what you, what you're trying to get to, is yeah. that you feel like it's criticizing the audience for liking superhero movies. Uh, is that what you're feeling? Is that what you're trying to get to? 
No. That you, do you feel like it's saying you're stupid for for thinking superheroes are awesome because actually it would be very horrible if they exist. You idiot. Is that what you're trying to get to? <laughs> that is looking down on the audience? No, because I look down on people no. who like superhero movies as well, but for different reasons. <laughs> okay. For different reasons. No, I just I, I just think they're like they're addressing a problem that doesn't exist. That's my problem with it. Yeah, but I mean that's why we have fiction for things that doesn't exist to reimagining a world and see the world from a different viewpoint. It's everything isn't entertainment fiction or documentaries handling real problems in society. Yeah, but They're, but but if it doesn't have any um, real world. Uh, uh, if it doesn't have any impact, like, what is the point of pointing out a problem that doesn't exist? I don't get it. I don't see it as pointing out a problem. I see it as a character... I, I see it like um, character studies. Uh. I, more, more. I don't see it like that they're criticizing a systematic problem in society. I think it's like, what if this happened? In the same way as more... Uh, classic fiction uh, is like wouldn't it be weird if there were hobbits wow this cool world wow it's it's interesting mm, I don't know for me for me it still feels like they're they, they're, they're trying to to tr- translate it over to like what if it happened in the real world yeah yeah they uh, are uh, yeah but, they, they are but, like it, but it what, what if heroes the question is, what is what if heroes existed in our world? That's that's the premise. It's sort of the same thing as you have been talking a lot about and been very over the moon with the Zack Snyder uh, thing, where what about what if gods were amongst men? It, same critique could go there and say, well, gods will never be among men, so why would you watch this movie? It's it's it's, a, it's but there's what would happen? Okay, sure. <clears throat> but the the, the the Zack Snyder movies are not grounded at all. They're com- they're total fantasy. It's just you know, I, I guess it's that. It's that. It's it's they're they're trying to keep it grounded. I don't, I'm I like I said I'm I'm not I don't have it pinned down exactly. I feel I feel you really need to sit down and make uh like an hour long YouTube video about this, because uh, this is, it's it's interesting what you're trying to say, but you. I don't get it <laughs> at all. I, I think you need to you need to investigate this further. I am interested. But okay, okay, I'll just say I'll, I don't I, get I, it. I'm trying to. I'll. I'll. I'll we'll. We'll move on. I guess this is actually good because we don't have much to say about Nicholas Cage's <laughs> movies. It's good that we're padding it. I'll. I'll. Because I'm. I'm trying to like formulate a better example in my head. Um, uh, it's because to go back to the boys then, because like, it's the same uh, thing there. Because I know I think, that I think for for me to understand you, I think you need to take another example from another genre, or, or there or isn't really one. Though. Make an analogy at at any way, because you can't just say the boys do the same thing. But I don't understand what the thing is. But there isn't really uh, an example in another genre. Not that I can think of. <laughs> like, oh, what if? What if Godzilla existed in the real world? You know that that doesn't really work. Or, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another genre that have done this kind of critique. 
and I don't, I, I don't know. And that, that's maybe that's part of the problem. Let me just try with the boys thing, because okay, I think the guy who wrote the boys is Garth Ennis. I think the guy who made Preacher, um, and he yeah. wrote it specifically because he hates superheroes, like superhero yeah. comics, superheroes, not superhero comics. He hates superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he hates something that doesn't exist. So he ridicules something that doesn't exist. Um, and I just don't understand. Uh, and then like tr- like trying to point out like aha they're actually psychopaths like but but they aren't because they don't exist in real life. If they did, sh- maybe yes, but they don't. So why do you feel the need to criticize something that doesn't exist? I guess it's uh, maybe it doesn't make more sense. No, it criticizes the genre. That that's what I don't understand. How you don't see it as criticizing the but genre because the- it's. The genre it criticizes. Yeah, but how how but, every how every superhero goes through the superhero. This is more the boys than Kickass, but uh-huh. yeah, it more that like every superhero uh, movie goes through the same arcs and it's the same sort of the same beat for beat thing, uh, and that's not how it should be. That's not how it would be actually, and. Wouldn't it be interesting if put it in the real world? Because then this story arc that we always see wouldn't work. It wouldn't work in the real world, and that's 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 just a genre genre critique of these stories aren't grounded in reality, even though they try to. If you look at, I think it's like Iron Man Two has a Elon Musk appearance. They try yeah. to ground superhero movies. And mentioning things in our world, they try to do it, but they can't. And then the the boys again specifically is more like, well, if you really want to ground it, then it would be like this. Hmm. That's 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 the way I look at it. Okay, then. yeah, that make that makes oh. sense. I guess that that is more of a genre critique, and, and yeah. yeah, of 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 like yeah, the structure and, and formula of it. Yeah. Um, hmm. um. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> but anyway. Anyway, Kickass, the movie we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, just as you, I liked it a lot when I watched it the first time. Uh, I suspect that I wouldn't like it as much. I suspected this movie would have aged poorly. Yeah. Uh, and some aspects definitely did. The language, specifically, <laughs> was very, sure. very, very noticeable, if you yeah. put it like that. That's not something I um, care about, but I didn't notice it, yes. Yeah, again, it's, it's me neither. I <laughs> refrain from using them for outers, some of these words out of respect. Sure. But I don't really care about it if it's in movies. That's fine with me, usually. <laughs> but it was just so... Um, uh, but I can only... I, I only blatant in this one. <laughs> I really only remember one. I think... Clark Duke says retard once. That's about it. Was there anyone else? Any other words? They use they use gay derogatory. Oh, sh- yeah, I guess. But it's more that he uh, doesn't want to be seen as gay because then he won't get any. No, girls. no, no, no. I mean, no. I mean, that, like kick us, kick hit girl. A lot of times says that's that's gay. Oh, dude. true. Okay. <laughs> it's like right. it's a lot. So I guess. it's it's yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's very it's dated and it feels dated because we we're not used to it being used in that way anymore. It's been like ten years since 
uh, it was stopped. So just the language feel dated, sort of yeah. like watching a movie from the 50s where they use phrases that feel dated. Well, um, it's more like that. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't know, out myself here, but I listen to a lot of podcasts where that kind of language mm. is still very prevalent. So for me, it didn't stick out. No, okay. I get uh, it though, well, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So, so yeah, so I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's offensive, but well, I don't think no personally it's offensive because it's not. It is uh, the language was like that back then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for, you, you can't. I, I I I wouldn't say I agree with it, but that's how it was, and it just felt dated. Not oh, the horror that they say these words is more like. This feels dated. Yes, this, it does, it does this, dated a, a lot, yes, because you don't hear that yeah. kind of language in mainstream movies anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I get, that was the thing that I, I reacted to mostly of the movie being <laughs> yeah, dated. Um, but otherwise, I actually... I would I didn't like it as much as I did back then, but I, I, I like it. It's not a movie I would watch like several times or put on a Friday night, but... No. I think it's pretty good. I think no. it's pretty good. Uh, the action is solid, uh, like, throughout, I think. Yes. Uh, every action scene is shot or cut uh, or choreographed in different ways. So every fighting scene feels... had their own, like, sort of gimmicky thing. Yeah, it feels fresh. Uh, it doesn't get tired. Yeah, it... yeah. Exactly. Um, it's not endless punching. There's different things going on. Yeah, and it's... <sighs> Again, if if you look at other action movies, there there's a, a big problem issue with with not seeing the action because there has to be so many things moving. Yeah. Uh, this movie wasn't wasn't afraid to have like static camps. Uh, no. So so that's I, I think that's that, that yeah it was solid action. Uh, I think, which I think it was very interesting that I think the best writing was on all the side characters. I think there was great writing even with side characters. Other than Kickass, Dave, whatever his name is, Lazuski. I think everyone, like the, the father, uh, the just random extras that had a few speaking lines, yeah. the, uh, the friends. Like, it feels felt like every line was very uh, natural, very... And it told something about the character or the story there you are. I'm mm-hmm. just thinking... Specifically, the, uh, the the guy who runs into the coffee shop or whatever when he's getting kicked. Oh, right. The the, there's a guy dressed as Superman or superhero kicking yeah. some people. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, it's sort of, it feels natural. It feels like that tells something about the guy. So I think the writing of the side characters are great. Um, yeah. One thing I so, didn't like about the writing was the voiceover. Mm-hmm. That felt, just because it's like, Whenever you're, whenever you're like basing your script on a book or a comic book, mm. it feels like a like a crutch to use voiceover because that's kind of how they definitely. do it in the book, you know. Yeah, it's definitely in a way lazy. I would say. Yes, and, uh, uh, and it did. It it was a little much at times. Yeah. Uh, overall, I don't. I didn't. It didn't bother me because I usually don't. It usually doesn't bother me. Uh, I like fourth wall breaks a little too much. I think. <laughs> um, but it was a little much at times. Yeah, definitely. yeah, like yeah, that's the same. Yeah, I didn't mind it, but at the, at one point, it's like, is he gonna stop talking? The whole yeah. when he's when you when he says like, oh, you think I'm gonna survive just because I'm narrating this? I'm like, Ugh. Mm. Oh, I'm so over this. Uh, 
And he even brings yeah. up that, that, yeah, that's old. We've already... We know that, you know, yeah. the, the narrator could already be dead. Anyway, he brings up, uh, what is it? Uh, American uh, Beauty American, and some yeah. other movies. I don't remember. Sin City. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want to, because that would have been funny. I don't know if it was, maybe it wasn't like in the culture then, but he should have mentioned Desperate Housewives. That entire show is narrated by someone who's dead from the very first episode. That would have been funny. Huh? Huh? Whatever. Eh, whatever. <laughs> Nitpick. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I think that whatever he is, the character, the, the actor, um, Christopher Mintz Plus. Yes. I think his character was great. Both yeah. the writing and the portrayal. I think because he really, he really got the, he really felt the need for approval and wanting to have friends, but really not. And it was a lot of just good acting from him. Yeah, and it's a that. it's a solid uh, like turn to evil for him, because yeah. you kind of sympathize with him for most of it. Like, sure, he he uh, he screws over Kick Ass and Big Daddy and Hit Girl, but he does it so you know for so he can get approval from his dad. Like, you understand why he does it. Um, mm-hmm. so when Kick Ass in his eyes betrays him in the end and kills his dad, you you still understand him. He's uh, he's sort of relatable in a way. So, yeah, and, and you see that that he his uh, loyalty will always be to his fi- family, but he still also want to be approved by his peers, and it's yeah. yeah. I don't remember how they used that in the second one, but uh, I, it, it, if I remember correctly, the second one is uh, not as he is not as interesting because he becomes just a super villain. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember just, not liking the second the one. I've only seen that once, so. Yeah, same. Uh, oh. Maybe twice. Anyway, um, so yeah, I I I liked it more than I thought I would, at least. Yeah. And there's there was a lot of things that I did like, uh, and there was nothing really that I disliked a lot or like hated. It was all it was from good to fine. Everything I would say. So, let's talk a little yes. bit about. Nicholas Cage here on the Nicholas Cage yeah. podcast. We haven't we've barely mentioned him. Um yes. <laughs> This is this is it's kind of funny because uh we talked about this when we talked about Ghost Rider, how he's been a huge comic book fan for so long. Yeah. Um like forever forever. Um and but he's he's never he never made a comic book movie until uh until Ghost Rider. And then just two years later he makes another one. So I guess he must have been happy. But did you like him as Big Daddy slash whatever his name actually is? Uh, yeah, I yeah I liked him. Um, it was it was it's a very well known character. Yes, but that's my big. Problem. I think he, but I think he did it well. Um, this is one of the few roles that we've seen where we where I really feel it could have been sort of anyone. It didn't need to be Nicolas Cage. No, uh, yeah, I get, he didn't uh, bring sort of get the same any. Thing. He didn't bring any specific Nicolas Cage energy or something to the role. Yeah. he did a fine job, but yeah. he didn't have that much to work with. The, uh, the scene where he's on fire—that—that's where—that's the one time like nobody could have done that scene like he did it. But I can definitely that's see true. another actor just doing the role in general. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and and I don't think the if an other another actor would have done the the fire scene, 
yeah, they would have done this differently, but did it need to be done in that way? No, uh, absolutely not. But it, I'm just happy that he got to flare out for a little bit, if you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah, honestly, like, his character is the most interesting one. Even though it's one note, it's... Uh, I guess maybe because it's it's more of a classic superhero, like you know, he's out for revenge and puts on mm. a mask to to you know uh, protect his family or whatever. And I don't know because I haven't read the comic book, but I'm guessing he has more to do in the comic book because it's you know, it's a longer run of a comic book. It's not just one book. It's not just the two way- hours. I'm not sure. I haven't read it either. But the one thing I do know from the comic book, there's a big change in the comic book uh, to the movie with Big Daddy's character. Okay. Uh, in the comic book, it is revealed that the entire story that he told uh, Hit Girl about his mother and all of that. Yeah. That's all false. Oh no. So he kidnaps Hit Girl from the mother to raise her as a superhero because he just is bored and want to be a superhero because he's the the the, the classic uh, as a cop I can't put down bad guys for real ah uh, okay yeah so he decides he just decides one day to be superhero and kidnaps hit girl and tell her oh your mother has died and it was this big bad who did it so we need to kill him but in re- in reality no that's not us at all no <laughs> yeah I then. That may, that sounds not that specific, but I've heard that the comic book is a lot more cynical, and not not no. not not as funny, so to speak, and not not lighthearted like this is towards the end. That it's much yeah. more much more harsh, and, and I can see I, why I they changed that because this is I, you know. I th- I think I would have liked that um that original story with Big Daddy, if the if if it was told from. If Hit Girl was the main character, it was t- told from her point of view, and Big Daddy had a big, bigger presence in the movie, and you would see the, the progression, and then have this big reveal at the end. Yeah. Uh, but since this is a shorter medium than a comic book, and Kick-Ass is the main character, and they are sort of side characters, we don't really need a big reveal there. No, no, exactly. Uh, it's it's better to just he got he went crazy when he went to prison. This makes more sense. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of uh, he's still like he's he's a good guy, but he's flawed. Yeah. It's, instead of just oh, he's a he's a crazy kidnapper because that that would have sucked. <laughs> and yeah. Well, he is he is still fucking crazy. Oh in this yeah, movie, sure. Though. That's just. But 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 and I think that's once again just to kind of go back to the beginning of this. That's that's where I think my my problem partly lies with it as well. The the whole critiquing of the genre, like it's supposed to be a power fantasy. I don't want my superheroes to be like crazy, <laughs> you know, psychopaths. Like ooh, like they would have been in real life. Like that's not the point of a superhero story. It's supposed to be uh, something to look up to. It's it's you know not not literally going out and beating people to death. But the fact that you, you know, you, you, like, like Kick-Ass, like, when he, the, the first time, when, when the guy mm. asked, seriously, you want to die for some random guy on the street? He said, yeah, I'd rather, ra- rather die for that than just standing by on the sidelines, or whatever he says. Like, it's, it's a principle thing. So, you know, and that, and that's why I like Zack Snyder's superheroes, even though they are kind of, you know, dark and brooding, and they can be a little overly violent, but in the end, 
like the, the wrap up, which is the Justice League movie, they are still like an ideal to look up to, like like Superman. You know, he's he's the gold standard when it comes to that. And this whole critiquing of the superhero genre, saying like, oh, they're actually just a bunch of crazies. It's just like, yeah, but that's not the point, though. It's it's for little kids to go, wow, I want to be just as you know, I want to be a good guy when I grow up as well. That's the that's part of like I don't and I, I don't. I don't agree. Sure, you can have your um, your ideas of what the super genre is. You don't have to like it. But for me, I don't agree with that criticism, and that's why I don't like the movies that, or shows that criticize it. All right. If that yeah. makes more sense, it makes more sense. Okay. Uh, but I don't agree. But oh it, yeah, it and makes you don't have to. Like, just like uh... I don't agree with Garth Ennis and whoever wrote Kickass. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, that's I think just generally why, that... That's just a reason I think, for why I don't like Kick-Ass as much. <laughs> I think that's... I, I really like in... in uh, Independent of genre, I, I love subversion of genres. I think that's... I always like that. Uh, to get something new, something original, something... Something that isn't the same. Uh, again, that's like why I like Scream a lot. That's why I like... Yeah. Kick ass! I, I like these movies that that puts the genre on its head and say, "You as audience, you know how this goes. We're gonna do something else." Yeah, um, and I do like. And I, I think that's I do like fresh, refreshing and nice. I, yeah. I I recently talked about that uh, off air, so to speak, mm. with my sister because we're both huge fans of Scream. I love Scream, mm. um, but um, I don't know. And, and it's kind of funny because I recently also heard someone talk about that in regards to Star Wars. How they, while they didn't love the Andor show, sorry for, but I just gotta. No. Um, I don't know, have you watched Andor? Do you watch Star Wars anymore? No, no, I'm, I'm yeah. done with Star Wars. Yeah, me so. too. But I just, uh, this this guy on YouTube, he usually talks about Star Trek, which I'm I'm into. <laughs> but then he mentioned Star Wars and he's like, he, he brought up like things that I liked about a show that I actually don't like, you know. He didn't, he didn't like it overall, but he liked these parts of it. And then he brought up the fact that, yeah, he liked that it was a different take on Star Wars. Um, that it was, instead of just being this rip roaring adventure, it was more of like a, you know, a smaller, kind of dirtier, gringier, uh, more adult story. Not not adult like it was in Rogue One, but actually adult, with adult themes, as it is in Anor, from what I hear. I've, I only saw mm. the first episode, I think, and I gave up. Yeah, I've, I've heard that a lot, a lot about that, yeah. too. That even uh, if you don't like Star Wars, you probably will like that. Yeah, and uh, and he th- he said that he, he he likes that as well. Like, when you, when you pivot and change um, a franchise to something else, you know, or do, do something different with it. Um, and I, I, and this, there's this, this, there's the same thing here with the superhero genre. Like, in, instead of having you know the the great flawless hero like Superman or whatever, to have them be these these flawed psychopaths or whatever. They don't have psychopaths, but you know. Um, <laughs> for me, it kind of takes away because in, in Star Wars, if it's not you know an adventure movie like the original Star Wars was, or the original trilogy, like a, this, you know, fun, lighthearted adventure. What What is it? You haven't seen Andor, so I can't really ask, I'm not asking you, but I'm no. just asking, like, well, what is it about Andor that is Star Wars then, other than it's called Star Wars? Because if you remove what makes that franchise, we're talking more about the franchise here, if you remove the, like, the core of the franchise, is it, is it, Technically, still 
that, then is it still Star Wars? I don't know. And if well, I don't know. I don't know either. But I, I do know in in like other universes or other things that I like. Yeah. I do like uh, to uh, explore other parts of the of a world I am interested in. So I know you don't really see it like that. Yeah. You again, you like your start, middle, and end. Yeah, uh, that's true. That, that movies have, uh, and yeah, it's it's a perfect, really example of. Um, the Marvel Universe is a perfect example. You don't like it because it never ends. I like oh, it yeah. because it never ends. Um, I, I have some super, superhero fatigue at the moment, but overall I do like it. And I like to see the small stories in the same world. Now, how would this specific thing uh, work out in this larger world? Every story doesn't have to be, we have to save the universe from this big super threat. It's interesting to see what... What uh, a normal human, uh, like the, um, there was one series, I, I don't know if it ever got released, but was uh, it was about an insurance uh, bureau in the Marvel Universe. Uh, just yeah. how that would work out. I think that's interesting because it's, it's to just expand the world and see <laughs> the world seems more real. Yeah. And I think Andor, I suspect, is the same thing for people who like the Star Wars Universe. They... What's, what, what, how does it look down here for the not Jedi people? Yeah, exactly. It, it makes the world fuller and more. It's the world building. Uh, yeah, and we talked about that. Yeah. I yeah. don't care for world building. Yeah. If it doesn't, but, if it doesn't, if it doesn't enhance the actual story, I don't see the point. Yeah. And I gotta and say, uh, an insurance firm in the Marvel universe—that sounds yeah. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, so the the answer to your question, why would you like, Ella? What's the point of a series where you put out, take out all the parts that makes the the main story interesting? The answer to that question is world building. Yeah. A lot of people like world building. Yeah, I know. If if the world is built to the to the extent that the Marvel universe is trying to. Then, when the world actually is, uh, when the big story comes, where where Thanos or whatever comes, then it feels so much more at stake if you know all the thousands of people and stories that are at stake for for that. It it mm. gives it a more weight, I'd say. Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess that's the answer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I but. Uh, just my my not not my counterpoint, but just like like how I see this. Like if I I, I like brevity. It's like if if you really if you need to expand the world to the point where they're explaining insurance frauds or whatever in the in the <laughs> superhero universe, like uh, you, you you need to you you need to get better at writing interesting stories. <laughs> you, uh, just, you should be just... able to you should be able to to capture an audience with 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 less than that. Yeah. If that makes sense. So just to clarify, the, the insurance show, I don't know yeah. what it's called. Uh, it, it was about just everything that is destroyed by superheroes and yeah, yeah, how sure, sure. they are solving that. It's not insurance fraud. No, yeah, it. just, yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah. They, they, they um, did implement that sort of in, um, uh, which one of, what, what is it? Uh, the, the Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, Homecoming. Homecoming, right, yeah. 
yeah. and that's cool like if it's just a little thing but not not a, not it's a whole entire show about it if it's just <laughs> part of a story yeah that's cool anyway yeah um but yeah so uh, yeah um but was it anything that you dis- accept the the huge concept of the movie? Was it something else you didn't like about the movie? Um, or did just the craft? I'm thinking uh, the, the actual movie. No, like I said, like the the the, st- <clears throat> the structure, the pacing, the acting for the most part is good. Um, because Cage is great for what little yeah. we see of him. It feels he yeah. feels. I mean, it's funny that he kind of. He plays '60s Batman, um, Adam, yeah. <laughs> Adam West, when he's in the Big Daddy suit. That's funny. It doesn't. It, it it makes him sound fucking crazy. But I guess that's the point. Then, um, like, why would he alter his voice that way? But yeah. whatever. Um, the only thing, maybe, I think there was a little too many cool needle drops in the action scenes. But but that's part of why the the whole attitude of the director, like, mm. t- too many cool pop and punk songs to the to the like i think there's like three or four of them in the last action scene it's just like ah enough (laughs) except for the last one that's perfect that's a perfect needle drop when uh kick-ass starts firing the the miniguns from the from the yeah uh the jetpack and you hear the end of that whatever that elvis song is called that's that's fucking perfect yeah (laughs) but out of that there's too many like ooh, cool song we gotta put on a cool song that's that's about it though. Other than that, I like the movie. I do. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's a well-made movie. So it's just a concept that you. Yeah, it's just a general concept that I hate. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very torn. Uh, oh yeah, and and the director and the writer also. Yeah. <laughs> so I hate the movie. Like no, no, I don't. No. Um, I have I have to recognize that it's a well-made movie. Still, you know. Yeah. So, uh, regarding Nicolas Cage, I have a, I have a working theory uh-huh. uh, regarding this. The, I have found no trivia to support this. This is just me guessing. <laughs> um, but so I read that this movie was very hard to make. Uh-huh. Um, nobody wanted to make it. it so uh, Matthew Vaughn had to raise the budget at a dinner party of friends. Oh. And made the movie independent and then sold it to a studio. Because huh. no studio wanted to put in a budget for it. That's cool. Um, that's admirable. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also why um, it is... It's very simple in, in effects. Um, I suspect that's why. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a... Is a I, I like that very bare bones. It feels more real. Um which the movie is going for, so. But anyway, uh, we talked about that before, that Nicolas Cage has stated that he likes to do independent movies uh, and, and sort of lend his name to a project to give the project more uh, weight or more selling uh, power. Yeah. So my guess is that that's why he has this role in this movie. That he... he we know he likes... Superhero movies or superheroes generally, yeah. we know that, but also that this is an independent movie that is pretty hard to make. And he, I suspect that he read the script and said, "Yeah, I like this script. I'll be in it. Sure." Uh, even though it's a small part and he's not, uh, he he could be replaced with anyone. I think it's he did a favor, sort of. Yeah. Um, that that's my guess on why he has this 
in his career right now, very weird part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and also because you know he he saw potential, and you know that and that's yeah. that's why he's willing to yeah to 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 give it a go. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what we like about him. And I mean, in this one, uh, I'm 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 happy he was in it because it's it's a fine movie. Rather this than Bangkok Dangerous. I don't know what kind <laughs> yeah, well, of potential he saw well, there. I guess maybe he was a uh, fan of the original. We talked about that as well. Uh, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, have you read any reviews of the movie from the time? Uh, I suspect they are over the f- moon that everyone loved it back then. It got, I mean, we did. Uh, it got pretty good reviews. It's got a 66 meta score. Yeah. Um, uh, it's got a. I just looked at it actually. I haven't looked it over until now. But I said it. Ha- it actually has one uh, uh, ten out of ten from Empire Magazine. Uh, a ridiculously entertaining, perfectly paced, ultra violent cinematic rush that kicks the places other movies struggle to reach. Yeah, I at, at the at that time I fully agree. Um, no. <laughs> uh, another one from Real Reviews gave it an eighty-eight out of a hundred. Uh, the best superhero movie since The Dark Knight, even though it's only like a year or two old at that point, <laughs> and far less serious in tone or approach. Kick-ass earned its name in every way. You know, that's that's mainly what people think of it. Um, I don't think it got... No, it actually got a few negative ones. Let's read oh. one or two. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, actually. It got a few middling. I thought everyone liked this when it came. It felt like that. Yeah. Everyone. It, it got overwhelmingly good reviews, or like positive reviews. Mm. I mean, 27 of them are considered positive. Seven mixed and four negative. But let's see what the negative ones were. Um, uh, Chicago Tribune gave it a 38. Um, it may well be a hit, but me, I'm waiting for Iron Man 2. <laughs> okay, yeah. He He's also a fan of the superhero genre. I'm like, uh, yeah. I found out the, the writer of the comic book is Mark Millar, or Miller, so... Mm. He's not a fan of, of, uh, of Mark Miller, maybe. And then uh. Christian Science Monitor, which they're all over the place. Sometimes I completely agree with them. Sometimes it's like, all right, they're Christian. <laughs> <laughs> this time it says uh, critics who come out against Kickass are leaving themselves open f- to that worst of contemporary accusa- accusations, a failure to be cool. But pretending that <sighs> Kickass is just another good time comic book blowout is the greater failure. <laughs> okay, right. And then the worst one. Oh wait, I actually have to read this one because I saw Roger Ebert did not like this movie. Oh, he gave oh. it a. I'm guessing he gave it three thumbs down. Because he does the four thumbs up or down. Because um, this is a 25 out of 100. And he wrote, uh, Will I seem hopelessly square if I find Kick-Ass morally reprehensible? And will I appear to have missed the point? Let's say you're a big fan of the original comic book and you think the move does it justice. You know what? You inhabit a world I am so very not interested in. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, and then the absolute worst one was a yeah, 20 out of 100, 2 out of 10. Kick-Ass, based on a graphic novel, thinks it's so brave and bold, but it's more like the title character, a dweeb who just thinks he's tough. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, no surprise, but, um, yeah, the user reviews are... Every, most people like it. Yeah. Uh, that's usually uh, the way with, when a movie is cool. Yeah, it's it got a, but it got a 7.6, so it's like it's not like a 9, but... It's favorable. Yeah. Uh, I found one here from the time, uh, from 2010. 
Three out of ten. Ooh. Uh, disappointing wish fulfillment fantasy. So it feels like this review is sort of does not see what you see in this movie, I think. Um, so nerdy kid for no real reason buys a wetsuit and becomes <laughs> a superhero. Along the way, he clashes with the mob, their mole hero, Red Mist, and a little girl and her father who also are superheroes. I'm underwhelmed by this tale of teen angst turned toward acceptable violence. Sure, it's grand wishful fulfillment for anyone who wants to be Spider-Man and Batman, but at the same time, it seems like it was constructed by the same people looking for said fulfillment. It's the story of a geeky kid who gets to beat people up, gets the girl, and live happily ever after. The problem is, uh, the problem it has a story that not only has plot holes you could drive a truck through, but it shifts tons, uh, it shifts tons almost moment by moment. Is it serious? Is it a joke? What exactly am I supposed to feel? I don't know. I know some people have called it morally bankrupt, and I can't. I, I can kind of see where that's coming from. With the tone being uncertain, you don't know where the film stands. I'm not going to say much more other than than to say I was extremely disappointed. Neither bad nor good. It's kind of half baked. I wait for cable. <laughs> um. Yeah, I agree with him to some extent, because once he he pointed out. We we uh, when he, when he talked about that it's like it's wish fulfillment, and the fact that we we don't really have a problem with this kind of violence, if it's actually a you know a fantasy superhero movie, but since they put it in the real world, all of a sudden, um, yeah, it it feels more gratuitous and more more like uh, mean mean spirited and violent, and that's the point. That's why superheroes don't work in real life, and that's why it's pointless to critique. To make that critique, like I said, it's supposed to be a fantasy. If, if yeah. now, now, of course, I'm just you know, I, I'm um, I'm projecting my thoughts onto his thoughts to kind of make it <laughs> work. So if it's if it doesn't really you know, but I got that <laughs> vibe from from that guy or girl or whoever wrote it. That that that's the whole point. Like they're not supposed to be in real life because in real life it would just be weird and violent and reprehensible. That's why yeah. we stick to movies when it comes to violence, you know? Uh, anyway, yeah. sorry. So I, I read another one here. It's a 4 out of 10. I'm not going to read all of it. But it was a, the last paragraph. I, I okay. It was interesting, specifically for us in this podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, so first of all, I don't know where this person comes from because he starts off... This is written in 2018, by the way. Okay. Um, along with the virtual no-name cast... Really? Well, at the time, except for... Uh, 2018, this Oh, yeah, that's true. But maybe he's meaning at the time they were kind of no-name, except for uh, uh, Nicolas Cage. Um, Whatever. Anyway, uh, and then he said, I was stunned but not surprised to see Nicolas Cage take part in this effort. (laughs) Making atrocious movies in recent years has become necessary for the actor because he just can't handle money, (laughs) as attested by the fact that he has recently been foreclosed on any number of homes and private mansions. I hope the guy can clean up uh, his messes so we don't have to witness another flick like the one Big Daddy appeared in. And oh no. <laughs> I think it's I think it's interesting here because this review again is written from 2018. But it sounds like and it's I, written in 2009 or 10. Yeah, but even even if it's written cuz if it's written in 2018, that's the same year Mandy came out. Yeah. So 
that's when he just started to get get into the Renaissance and be doing good stuff again. Yeah. So it's it's plausible that Risen from 2018 that oh he's done a lot of bad movies recently. Yeah, sure. From 2018 he did, but he talks about it like he made in 2010, uh, and he talks from that point of view. And if you look at 2010, he hasn't done a string of bad movies. Well, he made like three, maybe four, I guess. I mean, uh, it depends. Like, you could argue something. If, if he, that's maybe if he had missed Bad Lieutenant and National Treasure Book of Secrets, maybe. Yeah, but look at it like this. Because say most people didn't really care about the World Trade Center movie. So no. let's count from the Wicker Man. Then you have the Wicker Man, Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. Next, sure, a good movie, National Treasure. But then Bangkok Dangerous mm-hmm. and Knowing. That's a lot of duds in, in on a, on a row. You know, in a row. Yeah. And then The Bad I Lieutenant guess. is, of course, more of an uh, indie movie, so I, I'm not surprised that people missed that one. Yeah. So you got you got next Bangkok Dangerous and Knowing after one after I, another. I just I just think we talked about this before. Yeah. I just think it's interesting that this movie we both remember when this movie came out that there was a lot of talk of Nicolas Cage is back. He's doing yeah. some good movies again. Yeah. Uh, but now when we're actually going through the list, I think his, he hasn't fallen yet. Even though people think his career isn't in the dumps at this point. No, no, not not yet. But it's it's it, this is where it starts. It starts with The Wicker Man. Yeah. And then you yeah, have yeah, movies but like... People think, even at this point, when he it, it, the bad stuff hasn't really started yet, people were saying, Nicolas Cage is back now. Yeah. He had a bad few years, but he's back now. And it's, I don't know, it's weird. It feels like the way people talked about Kick-Ass feels like it should have come out in 2018. Yeah, I know what you, I know what you mean. And it is it is weird how quickly people like, oh, he made two bad movies? Yeah, he's always been bad. And yeah. now he's back. It's like, well, but, but, calm down. But yeah, man. yeah, or maybe it, it might be, because maybe, maybe I'm, at least for me, maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe it wasn't until a few years later that people started saying that, because... After Kick-Ass, we have uh, Season of the Witch, uh, Drive Angry, Trespass, Seeking Justice, Stolen, Frozen Ground, Joe, Tucker, mm. Left Band, Outcast, Dying Light. There's so many, <laughs> you know, direct-to-DVD crap movies after yeah. that. So maybe it's just, you know, maybe it actually started slightly after this. I don't I don't actually remember. But I, um, in my head, yeah, I remember people saying he's back with Kick-Ass. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that wasn't actually the way it was. I'm not sure. Yeah. So yeah, so we're. I think we're still flying, flying lower, but still high in in his the quality of movies at the moment. Yeah, it's it's way lower than when we were, when we're like uh, adaptation and yeah. Magic Men and Lord of War. Late nineties, way lower yeah. than that. Early but, early two thousands. Uh, yeah, yeah, but still flying high, and uh, I get we got like two movies more or one movie, and then it's. Really, no styles. Then it's yes, exactly. That's where yeah. it starts going down. Uh, so, but I mean, even even well, us, where this is season three, and we call it directed DVD. So even we acknowledge that this is where it starts. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I now when we're in it, I would have put this <laughs> further down. I would say the season would have started here. Um, I would have say 
Yeah, I guess. If, if I if, if I could go back and change up the seasons, I would say his downfall starts after this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, there's a lot of movies after this that I haven't seen. I've only heard that they're terrible. So it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be fun, I suppose, to experience. Here we go. <laughs> so what are you gonna give Kickass? We talked a lot about it here. Yeah, uh, but uh, I guess it's not favorable. Um, I'm gonna give it a five. Five? Yeah, right. like like if it wasn't as well made as it is, all the problems I, ha- I have with it, you know, would have dr- yeah, dragged it down to like a four. But it is, it's too well made to actually, I can't fault it for, for the director so being a douchebag. Same, <laughs> you know? So you're saying this is the same level as Ghost Rider, that's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a positive five instead of a negative five, if that makes any uh, sense. You know, it's a, it's a five so- instead of, eh, it's a five. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm gonna give this a seven because I I don't have any of the issues you have, and I think it's a very competently made movie. It's very enjoyable, yeah. and I wouldn't mind watching it again. I don't think I will in a few years, but it's not the last time I see it in my life. No, uh, sure, yeah. It's, I'll I'll definitely go back and watch this because uh, I like it, and I I'm a little. It's a little intrigued. Maybe watch the second one. But I don't think I will. No, but I. I remember back in the because I saw that in the theater as well, and I just remember like, ugh, this was not good, and never going yeah. back to it. So I don't know. I actually saw yeah. my my rating from the time of Kickass because I rated it on IMDb back in the day. So I don't know. I gave it a six out of ten. So yeah, it makes sense. I like it a little less well, now, but still, you know. Well, yeah. Fair. Uh, yeah. So that was 2010. He in 2010, Nicholas Cage made two movies. Uh, was this on Kickass? And the next week, it's. Sorcerer's Apprentice. One that I hear is good. I mean, it is good in I would say, I, Disney Adventure kind of way, you know. Yeah, exactly. I have seen it a few times. It is. I think it's very enjoyable if you just want some dumb Disney adventure. It's entertaining. Then I think it's, it's a popcorn. It's, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's not something you will analyze. I think. <laughs> um, it's not. It's I, not I, the I, bad I, lieutenant. No. no. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I remember I enjoyed it. So uh, we'll see. And it stars, it's him and Jay Baruchel, who is the actual apprentice, right? Yes. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. And Alfred Molina is in it. Oh, too. you see, I like him as well. Right. So we'll, but we'll talk more about that in the next episode. Um, and until then, why don't you check out uh, patreon.com slash don't make a scene? where uh, we uh, release these episodes uh, early, because we record them a little while in advance. Um, you can also get exclusive episodes to my other podcast, The Spoilercast, and a bunch of other you know, commentary tracks, and there's some exclusive videos and stuff. Um, and there's literally, at this point, literally hundreds of hours of additional content that you can enjoy. I'm all for just three bucks a month. So check it out, support us in our podcasting endeavors, and we will see you in the next episode. But until then... Have a good one. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I, I, I forgot to say that. You can just... <laughs> Madness in the Method is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. It is produced and directed by Tobias Vidén after a concept by Christopher Billion. Hosted by Tobias Vidén and Christopher Billion. Executive producer is Anneke Vidén and Laura Kinney. I also want to give a huge shout out to all our patrons over on patreon.com slash don't make a scene. Laura Kinney, Mom, 
Dad, Danny Del Gaiso, and Mac and Mark. <laughs>